Let me upgrade you. Let me upgrade you. Do you know that song? No, I was. I'm shocked to hear that that's a real song. It's a Beyonce song about upgrading people. So now you can't even say anything negative about it because now you're a Beyonce fan. I never <laughs> said I was a Beyonce fan. You are a Beyonce fan. I never no. said that. I never said that. I said I, I love Beyonce. You are amazing. Beyonce is amazing. You are Beyonce. I'm ignorant. You are very ambitious and very intelligent. Well, I'll play back the episode. I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to edit it, and I'm going to cut up you saying how much you love Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I'm ready. We four corners in a triangle, but we'll keep it 100 tie optional. With a kisser from my desk, acting on the screen. You know who it is, man, it's well, Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist. And you're tuning to them live, this is last name basis. You ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Patrick. <laughs> I'm Francesca. And this is Last Name Basis. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. A podcast about two married people who talk about anything that they feel like talking about. Two married people. Just a married couple. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we could be married to different people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could be married to someone completely different from you. We married both just happen people. to be married. We really bonded over that. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to start, love? I don't know. Did you hear about freaking Kanye West saying that he thinks Ben Carson is a genius? No, actually, I hadn't heard that. And that's somewhat surprising. No, you know what this means? This means that, okay, so we got this like sternly worded listener email after we said that we liked Kanye's speech. And I can't for the life of me remember the young lady's name. But she was like, no, Kanye West, you should not be giving him props for that speech because he's on another planet. And, da, 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 da. and I was like, I don't know, man. Oh. I think she's being too hard on it Kanye. Wasn't that bad. And now I am eating my words <laughs> and I just want to publicly apologize to the young lady who took the time to email us and, and correct us because she is right. Kanye West has officially gone off the rails. He has just gone off the deep end. And why is he saying that Ben Carson is brilliant? He said, as soon as I heard Carson speak, I tried for three weeks to get on the phone with him because I was like, this is the most brilliant guy. Kanye, Ben Carson is a dumb ass. Ben Carson thinks that not taxing poor people is condescending and that Obamacare is like slavery. Mm. Why? Okay. What? Yeah, Ben Carson has been saying that. In fact, we've been quoting Ben Carson on this show since before he was oh. a presidential candidate. Yeah, wasn't he the one who said that you could choose to be gay since yes. people went to jail and oh, then he's, they he apparently a, chose to be gay? He has a sizable lineage of terrible things that he said, ignorant things, something, things that a neurosurgeon should never be saying. Oh, wait, I would never want this man to operate on my brain. Are you kidding me? Lobotomies, that's the only thing he does. Oh he my lobotomizes people to get rid of their homosexuality. That's probably oh the extent God. of his surgery. Well, he also said that the U.S. is like Nazi Germany and said that, that we should read Mein Kampf, which is Hitler's book, if we wanted to understand President Obama. Where does this man get this information from and why in the world does Kanye West... Ugh, I'm they, so he mad gets his at him. He gets his information from the same place all the Republican candidates get their information, which oh. is from whatever they feel like saying at that given moment, and then they figure it out later. Uh, Fiorina's another one. She's she's just been going on and on trying to support this Planned Parenthood uh, racket conspiracy. Oh, God. Uh, Even though everyone has proved to her time and again that Planned Parenthood has not cut up babies or anything like that and she's just is like nope this i believe what i'm saying now and she just 
make stuff up. Yeah, and every day there's a new story, a new headline about how she's not only lying, but has known she's been lying uh, since since day one. So she's just making herself look worse. But Carson's another one of those where he just he just says whatever he feels will will appeal to the Republican base, which has been wildly misled. Why? Okay, here's what I I mean. I do understand this is totally a rhetorical question. But what is it with the Republican Party's fascination with getting these like brainwashed black people to just say stupid things? stupid shit like the cj pearson kid yeah oh god that is such a okay if you have not seen this child who is 13 years old he's a little black kid from alabama he's got a really thick southern accent i mean it almost sounds fake it's so thick because black lives matter only represents the worst of the black community and not the best it represents the looters the thugs the criminals the rapist because black lives matter today i have a message for you thugs don't matter Trayvon Martin wasn't innocent. Michael Brown wasn't innocent. Freddie Gray wasn't innocent. He's like, listen up, Mr. President. Do you love America? I don't believe it's just seriously i was watching it with my jaw on the ground i could not believe it and it was all of like those same talking points where he says that you know that that black people are thugs that that like the threat to the black mm-hmm. community are are illegal immigrants quote unquote cuz you know i people cannot be illegal ps but he's like if you really care about the black community then you won't let them take our jobs you know, like right. it's just it's it's traditional republican rhetoric at this point he's hitting all the bullet points and and the 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 terrifying thing is that all the Republican candidates are warming up to him very quickly. They love him. They love him because he's a young, he's he's a kid and he's black. That's and, the only reason they like him. If he was a white kid, I feel like they'd be like, okay, go to bed. But because he's black, <laughs> they're just like, oh, see, look, we're not racist. We got right. Ben Carson and this little black kid. Like, right. it's just bizarre and so transparent. And honestly, like, it, it, it freaks me out and it breaks my heart mainly because... He's only 13 years old, and I don't want to shit talk a 13-year-old, but I feel like his wake-up call is going to come, and it's not going to be a pretty one. It's going to be him, you know, thinking that he's all cool, and I'm not like the other black kids, and someone is going to, like, a cop is going to pull him over, or he's going to be somewhere, and his little friend's parents are going to say something about him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's going to have that, like, light bulb moment where he realizes, like, oh, I can regurgitate this republican bullshit and i'm still black yeah and these people still don't like me even though they like what i have to say they don't like me as a person they or they like me because they're like you're better than other blacks which is like a terrible terrible concept which is terrible just, i mean just the just the implications of that sentence of that phrase that idea is um is is backwards and and just horrible. Uh, hopefully, I mean, best case scenario, he has that wake up call when he realizes, wow, I've been I've been basically bidding against myself yes. and others like me, uh, and and playing a somebody else's game at my own um, at my own loss. But worse than that is that he ends up like the next Don Lemon. Oh my or, god! Or the next no. Ben Carson. Oh my god! I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. For a 13 year old to get this sort of publicity. To be able to understand, I mean, I, I get the impression that he is 
he is understanding just how easy it is. Oh, he is gaming the system. To right to game the system to use the to use the well worn rhetoric of the Republican Party and to get a lot of press for himself and a lot of appeal for himself. And you know he can make a name off that. Dude, he has a logo. He's thirteen years old and he has a logo. Right. He's already talking about running for office in the future. I, he's looking. He has a very specific agenda, and it's hard to believe that he's doing this on his own. Well, and he's uh, uh, the article that I read says that his parents are liberal, which honestly, I really don't believe because I would think that they would use his parents like in the news stories to say like, look, this young kid, he really believes in, you know, conservative beliefs and he's going against his parents and, you know, kind of rope them into the interview and get them to kind of talk about his experience or something. But they've been silent. They are completely silent. You have mm-hmm. not heard anything from his parents. And again, I I feel conflicted because the kid is a, a child. But he, you know what it's like? Remember we watched that movie with Denzel Washington, The Manchurian Candidate? Mm-hmm. I think that that's what this is happening. They, they, someone has put something in this little child's brain. Oh, my God. He goes home at night. They <laughs> plug him in, and they download all of his childlike thoughts. Like, he, in his mind, inside, he's like, I want to talk about Pokemon. And then on the outside, right. he's like, Black Lives Matter is right. a terrorist organization. It, like, he really he life, wants to be a child. His life is like being John Malkovich, where he's just inside hearing himself go, uh, hearing himself pr- promote um, or call Obama a terrorist. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. And inside he's, he's crying out. And, and he, inside he's saying, he's saying, please go for the Legos. <laughs> go for the Legos. Please, the Legos. Oh, my God. CJ, we um, we are going to keep you in our thoughts. Yeah, CJ, we're here for you. If you, uh, you if, know what? If you want an, a moment of enlightenment, oh uh, my you God. would like to know exactly what it is you're actually doing to people like you and, and, and how divisive your words actually can be. Can we have him as our first guest? I think that would be an amazing guest. I would love to have him as our guest. I'm going to put that out in the universe. Maybe we can hit him up on Facebook. Maybe. Thank you. Now, guys, you represent the freaking best. You represent our voice. Thank you. So Fran, oh my God, Fran guys. has a Fran has a new attacker, oh so God. to speak, uh, internet attacker, uh, who started a parody account of her, and on it, Twitter, on it's on Twitter. Let me let me pull up the name of it because I, it's, I don't know if we want to give the name. Oh yeah, we're not gonna. Yeah, let's we won't not give do the that. name, but let's just say that it it includes the Twitter handle includes the word cunt. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, that's a parody of me, right? I guess. I don't even know. I just don't understand, like, where these people find the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I looked through some of these tweets. Clearly, you know, they watch Decoded. But they also have, like, comments about things that I've posted in videos, like, years ago. So, in other words, they have gone through and watched, like, a large chunk of my videos so that they could run this, quote, parody account of me and say things about... I just... Right. It's not much of a parody. Like, it's, get a job! Like, who are you? It's really just an effort to to put material out in the guise of Fran's name and Fran's image uh, and to say terrible things and things that are directly opposed to what Fran believes. Uh, I, it's just so weird to me that... Honestly, like I, it just blows my mind how many people really believe. I don't know. Do you think they believe that I really hate all white people? I just don't understand. They're like, hates all white people. Mary's a white guy. And I'm like, so 
So do you see how that conflicts your idea of what you think I am? They they don't they don't understand. What I think they do is they don't really focus on the logic of it. They let their emotions rule their thoughts. And you know what? To be fair, I think everybody. I think the I think the heart rules the mind more than the mind rules the totally. heart. Totally. For everybody across the board, you know, it, it just depends on are you sympathetic to others who have less than you or who are facing more. Um, uh, uh, specific obstacles right things like that or are you just going to shut it out and say well there's me and then there's them and I really only care about myself and I think people like that that's where they that's where they end up in that somebody says something that goes against what I believe or threatens me or threatens my white supremacy or my mm-hmm. superiority uh, and so I, I immediately assume that they're an enemy the people who are making these sorts of accounts are not delivering any sort of uh, valuable information to the public. They're not necessarily public figures. They're the ones that are just looking at you and saying, oh, there is a public figure, and I disagree with them because they're for equality, and I'm essentially not. Yeah, but even before I was a quote, I mean, honestly, I don't look at myself as a public figure. I'm someone who makes content on the internet, and I'm very, very thankful that people watch. Am I a celebrity? Absolutely not. Like, so for me... Before I was a YouTuber, before I was on Twitter, all those things, I saw people on the internet that I didn't agree with. I saw people in real life that I didn't agree with. And guess what? I never made, took something and took the time to create content. Like, it's just bizarre. It's a, it's a shameful thing to do, to spend to spend your time. I mean, when you consider time as, as the most valuable resource anyone has, and it's going to run out for all of us, when you think about how some people spend their time right. just trying to call other people a cunt, I mean, it is it is pretty, pretty sad. Uh, it's just, it's just it's just pathetic. I want to know. I mean, and you know what? And this reminds me of the other one that has been her, like recently harassing me again. Mm. Um, oh God, the lotion. lotion. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have nicknames for no. That's his stalkers. name. That's his name. Lotion. I finally blocked him because I was just like, this is now. This has gone past the point of like being amusing. This person has harassed me on the internet for about eight years coming up on a decade you know it's just like you guys have an anniversary yeah we do (laughs) like what the heck what do you do for a living but to add to your but to add to what you were saying a moment ago yeah i mean you were saying you don't really see yourself as a celebrity but the truth is is the fact of these accounts popping up and these harassers coming after you does show that you're having an impact i mean yeah i guess you i mean that's that was the measure of the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. is that once people started getting really upset about it you know, everybody who is who is supporting that movement acknowledged that, OK, that means that we're making headway. That right. means that we have people's attention now. And I think that's what you're seeing and have seen every time that this has happened. You found somebody who sees you as a threat because because you're actually making gains because you're saying something valuable. And people listen to it and people watch the show and people listen to what I have to say because so. it makes sense because it's good content and it's sensible content and it's really hard to argue with. That's why they don't argue with you. That's why they come after you and and create a bogus account that's supposed to be you yeah. and slander you. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, honestly, I'm not I feel so conflicted about it because I I know it's it's not hurting me in the sense that like my life is going on. I'm not promoting these people so they're not going to get any traffic from me, but it also does kind of make me sad in the sense that I just don't understand what would compel someone or how terrible they must feel about their lives that 
literally they're upset about me saying like, hey, I really want equal rights for everyone. Like never in my life have I said I hate all white people or I want them to die. Or it's, it's amazing I how slave anyone, how know? quickly, you know, equality for everyone becomes interpreted as I want something that you have and I want to take it from you. Well, and that tells you that those people are freaking racist because that's the same argument when people get upset about like black pride or black power mm -hmm. because in their mind they understand that white pride means everybody else is below me and so right. they assume that when it's the inverse or even like black lives matter to them they're like oh well then that means everyone else doesn't matter and it's like no 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 we are not white we are not like taking the model of white supremacy we're just saying we want the same as everyone else and to them for people who are just so drunk on their own privilege and are so blinded by the fact that they believe that they are superior in some way they really think that if the tables were turned that's why people are so are so worried about white people becoming the minority have you mm -hmm. seen that meme it's like willy wonka and he's like it's just a matter of time like he's like ticking. oh you're scared about being a minority why because y'all treat minorities bad yes <laughs> it's like the yeah. funniest thing yeah. and it's like well that that's what people are really worried yeah. about it also shows that they have that that like you were saying their perspective is a matter of supremacy. Right. Because because they use themselves as a reference point, and then when they hear somebody talking about black empowerment, right. they just exactly. assume that it means what, what white empowerment means to them. <laughs> right. Which is oppressing other groups. Exactly. It, it really is very, very telling. Um, have you seen this new viral challenge? I'm probably going to butcher the name, but it's, it's in Spanish. It's Reto del Pasito. Oh, that was a nice, a nice effort Did on I, the accent. Really? No. No, I mean, you it was good? a nice effort. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate Can it. Can you cut it up and make me into a song that's like Reto del Pasito, Reto del Pasito? Da, 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 Do you want to talk about what it's for first? Do yeah. we really oh, want to yeah, give yeah. this like a song? <laughs> no, 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 we don't want to give it a song. <laughs> um, so this is a challenge similar to the Ice Bucket Challenge that raised all the money for um, ALS, which it was a very annoying challenge, but it actually did end up raising money. You had to dump water or ice on your head, and then you challenge someone else, and if they didn't do it, they had to donate money, but everyone ended up donating money. Um, this challenge is um, a new challenge that doesn't actually help anyone except for rich girls who have extra cocaine laying around because the challenge is to <laughs> do some cocaine and then asks your friends to do cocaine too. So the the challenge, I think this is a marketing ploy by by, by, by drug cartels. <laughs> right, this is like, like yeah, we'll just do a viral campaign to we'll, sell coke. We'll do a viral challenge is a challenge your friends to do addictive substances. <laughs> a challenge your friends to buy it from us. <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing that kind of blew my mind and this maybe just tells you how sheltered I am. In the videos, the girls are talking about how they can't feel their face. I didn't know. I didn't know that was a Coke thing. I thought that was just the weekend song. I can't feel my face when I do Coke. That I didn't know. Oh, you didn't. You didn't realize that. Well, what? he says I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Oh, okay. But I guess it's because he's doing Coke. That would make some sense. Yeah, I've never lost feeling in my face from loving someone. <laughs> I got I can be honest. I'm like, can you feel your face right now? Say that. Will love me harder, <laughs> asshole. If you loved me, you'd be talking about how numb your face was right now. Oh my god. Let's come up with our own challenges. Sure. I mean, I wait, we just talk about I mean, challenging somebody to do drugs. Like there is nothing other than pushing drugs. It's literally like a dare. That's that's no. It's not it's, even a dare. No, no, no. I was gonna say, like, 
I was going to say that that is literally a scenario from Dare. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like when you would, when you That's were... how peer pressure works. Where you would role play that. Right. And you get up in front of the class and someone would be like, hey, man, you want to do this cocaine? I dare you. Don't be a wuss. And then they'd be like, hashtag Reto Del Pasito. And then you'd be like, <laughs> I can't deny the hashtag. <laughs> now I have to film it. Now I have to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, and you know what's so weird about that, too, is I would think, again, I can feel my face. I've never done coke before, so I might be stepping out on a limb here. I would think that if you had bought an expensive designer drug that you wouldn't feel the need to challenge other people or pressure other people to do it because you would want to keep drugs for yourself. Well, that's just that's why it's for 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 rich people who have not coke Nothing laying to around. Do, like just have it laying around. Yeah. Because I would just think like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like or be for people stingy. who for people who want company. Yeah, you know? they're like, I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. Am I the only one on coke <laughs> at this party? Am I the only one that can't feel my face? <laughs> Anybody else? No one can relate to this? Yeah. You've got to try this. Yeah, that's kind of weird to me. <laughs> Let's make our own challenges, though. Okay. And this is, a, And we need your help, audience, to actually make these challenges take off and go viral. Because <laughs> if we just come up with them, they just go into the ether and nothing ever happens to them. Uh, Okay. I don't have any challenges. You don't? No, I don't. Okay, well, I challenge you to say something nice about C.J. Pearson. Mm, that's, a, <laughs> that's a good challenge. Um, <laughs> the say something nice challenge, which actually is a real thing, P. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do it, but um, C.J., you are an, an you know, you have a, a you could. Ooh. Have a bright future if if you stop doing what you're what you're doing. <laughs> uh, CJ, you are. Oh my god, I, I like I can't feel my feelings now. <laughs> that, okay, it worked. Leah, I want to try. Um, CJ Pearson, you are the first parody account of yourself on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. CJ, you you've really you've really done a great job of making yourself into a joke. Yeah. You're hilarious. You should go on tour. There's a new study that shows that watching pornography doesn't actually increase negative attitudes towards women. Um, oh, it's probably because you already have negative attitudes towards women. <laughs> Start watching that shit. I don't think that's true. Well, okay, to be fair... You know, I'm sure that there I know that there are lots of different types of people that watch pornography, but a lot of porn is kind of abusive to women. Well, there's there is a lot of pornography out there that's extremely abusive to women. Um, but then there's you a lot of said, pornography. You just mansplained what I just said. What? <laughs> you just repeated what I said. That's not mansplaining. Kind of. But mansplaining okay. involves repeating what you just said. I mean, it's a form of mansplaining. It's like a um, it's like an offshoot of mansplaining. It's like in the same family. I don't think so. I think it is. But you didn't even let me finish. I didn't. I let you finish, but you Fran? finished saying Fran. what I said. A man is speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to do that. Whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we both agree that there is pornography that has like abusive themes. Yeah, but I was going to say, there's a lot of pornography out there, too, that's less abusive or is just like, you know, just pornography you know it's not yeah, it's so. not actually designed to be to have abusive through lines 
you know, where they're not degrading the 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 woman or women involved yeah. in the pornography. So what else did the study like? How did they conduct well, inter- the study? Interestingly, you know? hold on. Interestingly, that they, they said that on average, porn watchers expressed more positive attitudes towards women in power. So, for instance, Hillary Clinton's and anyone holding. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. It's strange. But the interesting thing about this is that is that it cuts against so many of the arguments uh, for why pornography is unhealthy. Right. And I don't it, it's not suggesting that watching pornography will inspire more positive attitudes towards women. Mm-hmm. But it's showing that there's probably less of a link than has been presupposed before right. that watching pornography encourages uh, demeaning women or, or a, a negative attitude towards women or objectifying women. Okay. I mean, that said, you're kind of objectifying people when you watch pornography yeah. as a rule. Okay, well, I was just going to ask you, I don't know if you have this information on hand. Was this study done with adults or with young people? Because I think that that's an important distinction because the things that I've read – talk about how for young people pornography can be really damaging because for some it's their first introduction to sex and it's completely i mean it's not real mm-hmm. so like then children can kind of develop these really warped ideas about what sex is like and what it's supposed to be like based on pornography and that can really kind of change how they then interact with each other in sexual situations so i'm kind of curious to know if these are fully formed adults are these you know what i mean like are these people that have like a little bit of knowledge about the world and understand like how you're supposed to talk to people or are these like young impressionable minds Mm -hmm. that don't know anything that's a very good question in fact one of the criticisms of the study which was taken from 35 years of information from the general social survey which which interviews around 24,000 men and women a year about a lot of issues, mm-hmm. including, you know, porn habits and things of that nature. Uh, but the average age of the study was much older. It was it was in the 40s. Oh, so see, that makes a, I think that makes a huge difference. It could. It could. They're uh, probably watching porn where, like, you know, the girl starts like cooking dinner and like you know there's probably like family values you, i think you have now. a very skewed idea of what no, 45 say- year old men watch <laughs> and enjoy in their porn I'm lives saying, i'm saying that they grew up in a time where maybe the porn wasn't as like graphic because here's the thing we're in a place now where everything has been done mm-hmm. that like the porn is just getting like really like out there. Oh you know really? What I mean? You've been you've been watching this stuff, right? No, I haven't, but uh-huh. I no, stop it right now. <laughs> I watched a documentary that I thought was really interesting that was called Hot Girls Wanted mm. and it was all about um like the amateur porn industry in Miami and we're from South oh, Florida. Yeah. So I was like really interested in that. And then when I worked at Upworthy, we had done some articles and some research about like racism in porn, which was really interesting. Really bad. Really, really bad. To the point that if a white woman has had sex with a black man, it like lowers her rate, like how much money she gets paid. She's not likely to be paid as much for Future yeah, for future performances, but then like like having sex with a black man was like was like you know once your rate starts once you know you've kind of exhausted all of your opportunities it was like okay now I'm gonna move on to 
having sex with black guys and then I'm going to do like gangbang and then I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. Like it just like the stakes just got higher and higher and higher Mm -hmm. to the point where in my mind I was reading this like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't even know that this was stuff that people were doing. But that's what I'm saying is that like now here we are 2015. It's kind of like you got to go big or go home. Well, that yeah, that was not (laughs) (laughs) that. That was like Colbert going, "Yay, world hunger!" No, okay, that's not. I didn't mean literally go big. You know what I'm saying? Go whatever size you feel comfortable with. Oh my god! Or whatever. You just you should just stop. Whatever your contract allows for. The point was is that. 40-year-old dudes, when they were in their 20s, 20 years ago, you know, because that was when they were in their 20s, I would assume that pornography was not where it is now with, like, first person, you know. Wait, who, oh, I, I would. Didn't we meet somebody that was doing, like, th- that was doing, like, 3D, not 3D porn. We were at a party or something. We met some guy that was, that was going to. Like Everyone's his. trying to pioneer, you know, in the industry and do the next big thing. Like you, um, we met it? the woman who was who was like, the big name in lesbian pornography. Oh yeah, my friend works with her. Yeah, so you know, I mean, it is it is what it is. The 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 stuff that's demeaning towards women and that sort of thing. Hey, it's tough because. I I don't know how to feel about it because presumably, and you know, I I'm obviously not there for any of this, but presumably they agree to these things. Well, that's what this documentary was about. That and was so, interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, hey, I I don't know what to make of it because you you run up against this problem where it's like, well, everyone should be able to make decisions for themselves. Absolutely. And at the same time, you don't want to encourage them then to also be pushed into these things because right. they started out as like a starlet in the porn industry right. and, and and now they can't do anything else or right and they've you know they've tarnished the reputation because porn is still not looked highly upon by you know say the professional industries and right. things like that 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 can I kind of think really that, keep you from getting other work I kind of think that that is the move in the sense that like if it was destigmatized in the sense that like it's so shitty that you know, if a woman or a man decides that they want to go into adult entertainment and they are a consenting adult and they decide to do this, like, I don't think that it's really anyone's place to judge them, especially when you consider that porn is the most viewed thing on the Internet. So, like, mm-hmm. the people who are doing the judging presumably are consuming the content or someone in their home is consuming the content. Or have at some point. Or yeah, have at course. some point. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like... This stigma that comes with people participating willingly in adult content is like really messed up to the point that, yes, a lot of people get stuck in the industry because they feel like they can't leave. Because if they do leave, then someone finds out that they used to do that. It's going to like ruin their career Mm -hmm. or, or whatever it is, you know. So I would prefer a world that maybe is a little bit more accepting of adults choices over saying that like all porn is bad like obviously there's definitely a lot of stuff that isn't good mm-hmm. but another another really great like ted talk that i saw was about a woman who is a porn producer mm-hmm. and her whole thing was trying to get more women as directors and producers so that they could kind of create better environments for women sure and and do stuff that was more 
honest. But, and- you know, I think a lot of times they enlist other women in the industry to help basically facilitate newcomers yeah entry that's what happened in this documentary i watched yeah into the into the profession and it's you know and i i'm sure there's a lot of pressure i'm sure that i i would guess that drugs are readily available um yeah i mean it's a really (laughs) complicated thing and it's weird because you know for me like i like my nickname has always been prudy and i i stand (laughs) behind that (laughs) yes you do (laughs) but i also feel like i have tried just in my like consciousness and like learning more to be more sex positive in the sense that i think that people should be able to have the autonomy to do what they want with their bodies and again that's been a learning experience for me just in terms of like hearing from people in the business who are like no I can do whatever I want like don't judge me don't assume that we're all on drugs or like don't assume that we all hate this because some of us like it you know what I mean and so Mm -hmm. I kind of try to keep that in mind well the popularity of the porn industry I mean it's a multi-billion dollar industry so that alone shows just how much people... The there's fa- somebody that wants to do it. There's not just somebody that wants to do it. There's a whole lot of people that want to watch it. Right. And what I'm, what I'm saying is that points to a basic human need, which is the urge to have sex. And not everybody feels that, but most people do. And most people substitute when they can't get it with a real human being. I think a lot of people turn to pornography because it's the visual representation of the thing that you want. So, you know, it's it's interesting that so many people want it And yet, and it's such a basic human instinct. Right. And yet we have this this really calloused view towards people who who do it in front of a camera. You have a note on here that is interesting saying that the the guy who did the study said that the results could be explained by liberal people watching porn versus conservative or religious people. And I think that is totally backwards because it's usually the super conservative religious people that are into this shit because they spend so much time policing what everybody else does in the back bedroom mm. right you know what? it's always like the right. super like the freaking josh duggars who are out there being like hey marriage is between one man and right. one woman p.s i'm on ashley madison right. or like the sam and nias who you know are like the super conservative christians who like have all this negative stuff to say about gay people right. but then you know what i mean or the new york assemblyman who is arrested for pot when he has a reputation for being heavily anti Right, or Newt Gingrich, who says, like, oh, one man, one woman, P.S., like, I have all these extramarital affairs. Like, Mm -hmm. all of these people, they always seem to focus on policing what everyone else does in the bedroom because, personally, I don't think about what anyone else is doing. If they're a consenting adult, like, do you. But these people spend so much time thinking about it that I honestly believe it's because they're so, like, repressed. Because they are so, like... See, I don't think... I, 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 I believe that that can be the case. But I think the truth is they're just not acknowledging their own needs in a realistic sense. Which is why the, they're going home and watching lots of porn. Yeah, and especially when, when you get religion involved, the standards, and especially in American Christianity, the standards are so high it ignores it really ignores the fact that you have normal human needs and so instead of acknowledging the fact that you're a human being who wants to have sex with other people and enjoys watching other people have sex you want to believe that you are this and and that everyone else should be in a monogamous relationship all the time no one should be promiscuous you should never have that moment where you have sex with more than you know with with multiple partners in a short period of time and that's not a standard that's really healthy 
in the sense that it doesn't acknowledge your own needs. And it's and it's one of those like the C.J. Pearson that where he's just failing to acknowledge that he falls into that group. Right. You know, and and I think the Josh Duggars and, and people like that of the world get so comfortable with their public persona, which is built on this, you know, especially Christian images mm-hmm. um, that they they fail to or become second nature for them to ignore the fact that it doesn't jibe with their own feelings. With their own experiences. and um, I don't know. I think it's like a front. I think that in their minds, they are conflicted about their own feelings. You know, because it's always the ones who are like anti-gay marriage that are all up on Grinder. You know what I mean? Like, they are the ones that are like, the gays, da-da-da-da-da. And in their mind, I feel like they think, well, if I act this way, or if I, like, tell everybody that I'm standing up against this terrible thing then it absolves me from going home and like watching gay porn like i did my part do you Mm, know what i mean possibly sure i I, you know i think people when they go against their natural feelings and their natural compulsions you have to find a way to justify it and i think that they they find all manner of ways to justify it and they only really have to deal with it internally even when they're publicly called out on it you know, when they're faced with that moment where the Josh Duggar moment where he's caught on Ashley Madison. Yeah. You know what I mean? And interestingly, Ashley Madison really didn't didn't pair up people. Yeah, there was like with it was other, all dudes. There was like no women on that site with other human beings. What they had were 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 like bots. <laughs> they were like prostitute robots. They were prostabots. <laughs> prostabots. They, <laughs> they had these prostabots. <laughs> They gave these they gave men what they wanted in terms of in terms of some attention, some female attention all online. Yeah. And then asked them for things like money and gifts and donations and things like that. So it was really a it really had an interesting double double um I don't know what is it, double sales pitch, which is first, we can hook you up with somebody who wants to have sex with you despite the fact that you're married. Mm-hmm. And then second, we're going to then populate that with prostabots that are going to <laughs> siphon more money out of you in addition to your membership I'm fees. I'm sorry, you have to be some kind of sad, sick bastard to think, well, I really want to cheat on my wife. Let me pay for it. Like, God, you know, like that's pretty sad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, but interesting, too. I mean, I think it's interesting, too, that it, it wasn't actually facilitating much cheating. No, it wasn't. It was actually facilitating just a little bit of attention from alleged women, and and many of them, I don't even think were actually women. No, they, were just, they weren't. They were bots. They were. They can were... you do a can you do a, a prostabot impression? What would a prostabot sound like? Oh, you are so sexy! Thank you so much for emailing me and sending me a picture of your dick. It looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I got my wallet in my hand already. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That was <laughs> putting that on my resume. <laughs> prostabot impression. Prostabot. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Well, I think that that is a perfect time to segue into Florida, man. Wait, do we want to segue or, or, or can we talk about for a moment the do you want to talk about the video that ripped your video off? Is that something we want to put out there or no? Oh, God. I just, just I, had a, I had a week. So many. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to say anything about it. I mean, I, I talked about it on Snapchat that somebody ripped off an, an episode of Decoded for their bullshit site. I know I'm not ready to talk about it. Let, let's wait. Let's wait and see what happens, because uh, behind the scenes we're trying we're trying to work on it. Okay. We'll we'll see what happens. Okay. It's time for Florida Man. Florida, Florida Man. Man. 
<laughs> okay, so we're doing things a little bit differently this week because Patrick complained the Florida man was too hard. Oh my God! Okay, wait, you did, wait, you wait. did. We can talk about did we did we did I tell them about the time that you that you offered me to be <laughs> in, wait no no don't you dare to be in on Florida man. <laughs> I was sitting on the couch and Fran literally out of nowhere looks over and she nudges me and lifts her <laughs> eyebrows a few times like this is super secret stuff and she goes. You want to be in on Florida, man? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay, listen. Where okay, did that come okay, from? First of all, I'm really pissed that you just betrayed my confidence like that and said you, that you on tried air. To be, you tried no. to betray our audience's confidence okay, but you know, in some, this competition. I thought that we could come up with something clever, like we could write some jokes. Like They don't know when we write jokes about stuff. You know what I mean? Sometimes it feels off the cuff. Sometimes we actually write jokes. Sometimes it sounds like the vitamin beats joke, which did not go over well at all. <laughs> people, were, people were like, ew, Patrick, ew. And the, see, and that was a joke that Patrick wrote. So in other so words- So note to self, don't, don't, don't let Patrick write any jokes. But I just thought there could be an opportunity to write something really funny about Florida Man, but you weren't interested, and that's totally fine. And now I was trying to keep it pure. Well, now you're complaining because Patrick doesn't think that it's fair to have a real story from another state disguised as Florida because he thinks that that's just too difficult. So this week we're changing it up a little bit. There is because uh, I had a story that was from Florida that is such a funny story. I really wanted to use it. So I have a fake story in here. And I have a story that's not from Florida. So I have to both pick the fake story and the one that is not the Florida story. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's good. See, okay. that, that's a happy middle ground. Okay, great. Um, first Florida man headline, Florida man tosses liter of deadly urine at a police officer. Yeah, that's Florida. Number two, Florida man finds winning lotto ticket in his neighbor's poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fake one. Nobody eats a winning lottery ticket. I could see somebody eating a lottery ticket in Florida and then shitting it out on in a public lawn where someone else could find it, but I don't think that they would eat a winning lottery ticket. Okay. Well, how do you know it was a maybe it was a winner after it was do you know what I mean? Like oh, they maybe? ate it before the the numbers were drawn? Maybe. And the guy was like, fuck, I wish I had that ticket. I don't remember <laughs> what my numbers were. <laughs> okay. Number three. Florida man uses raccoon to start breathalyzer-equipped car. Raccoon then attacks driver. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I know in Florida they use those breathalyzer mechanisms before you can start your car after you've had a DUI. Okay. I've never had DUI. I'm just saying. But, you but know, I know that that's well, we how know that works. that's real. Um, number four, Florida man arrested after hidden alligator is found dying in backyard of frat house. Oh, so they had this alligator captive. Is that it? They yeah. hid it. They stashed it somewhere like under the house or in the backyard and they, it was just dying. They were just, um, I think that's something that happened in another state. Maybe because the last alligator story was a Texas story. Mm, look at you using your deductive reasoning mm -hmm. skills. I'm you a must, lawyer. You sound like a I was literally going to say you sound like a lawyer. <laughs> Stop you. stealing my jokes. <laughs> All right, number five. Florida man describes school shootings as stuff happens. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's actually a Florida man, and I, I think I know who that one is. <laughs> you know who that one's about, mm-hmm. right? That's Jeb Bush. Oh, you're a fucking joke, Jeb Bush. Just just so you know. <laughs> That's why I put you in our Florida man segment. Put you, Mr. C.J. Pearson, you guys are all in good company. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the last one is Jeb Bush. Um, uh, you were correct. The Florida man finds winning lotto ticket in his neighbor's poop was a fake. Oh, I finally got one. I finally got one. Um, and then you were wrong about the other one because the story that was not from Florida was the man uses raccoon to start breathalyzer-equipped car. Raccoon then attacks driver. That was in California. Yeah, because if you grab a raccoon, it's going to attack you. What? Like who? What? Who thinks <laughs> you don't? You can't get idea. <laughs> you can't get like a like a domesticated animal. You can't get somebody's pet dog. A dog. Yeah, yeah. that would have been smarter. Yeah. A raccoon is a really bad idea. Or, or even smarter than all of that is calling a cab because you've already had one DUI. Yeah. And that's dude. the reason that you have a breathalyzer in your car yeah. that won't let it start until you blow, blow, um, blow, 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 blow. <laughs> or not. Also, another thing that he didn't think about, what if the raccoon had been drinking? Oh, that's a good call. They are know? scavengers. How do you know? That Somebody the... could have thrown away like half a box of wine. Yeah. How do you know that the raccoon was sober? That's not his job. The raccoon doesn't drive. So, you know, he can be responsible and drink. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to put this pressure on him that he has to blow for you. That's probably why he attacked him. <laughs> he was like, how dare you put me on the spot like that? They tried to work it out. The raccoon <laughs> said, he said, look, I've had a few drinks. You really don't want me to do this. <laughs> he attacked the guy. And as he was running away, he said, man, I'm sorry I had to do that. But this is for you. Yeah, the the one that you got wrong that you thought wasn't in Florida, the alligator one, that actually happened at University of Florida. Oh, it happened at UF? Yeah, they... That's kind of... That's awful. UF is a shithole. Oh, I mean, I... Well, I went to Florida State, Yeah, so, so you kind of have to say so that. So I kind of feel obligated, Well, yeah. Gainesville is a, is a not... It's a dump. Is a not cute A swamp. Place. A swamp dump filled with alligators. <laughs> that's where they got the alligator from. Um, I think that you did fare better this week, but that also just... That tells you why I didn't want to make up a story. Because so that I could be more wrong? No, because I just knew that I wasn't going to do a good job. I See, that wasn't that far out of the realm. If you had... If you if had, it was in his own poop and not his neighbor's poop, I just thought there could be yes. like a, a cool like legal implication. Like, if you find a winning lotto ticket in someone else's shit, whose ticket is it? It's yours. Because they shit it out and left it. It was in his shit, though. You know what I mean? So, like, technically, anything in his shit belongs to him. That's no. That's that's not how that works. It doesn't? No. Once it's out of your body, it's not yours anymore? Once you throw it away, if you were keeping your own shit, it would be your possession. Well, we don't know the details of the story, like, where the shit was. You made the story up. (laughs) (laughs) They're your details. (laughs) This is true. This is true. You got me on that one. Okay, you're right. Let's do some listener emails. You can email us because we have an email address because we are super professional up here in last name basis. It's lnbpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your emails. Spill your life story to us in our inbox. And we'll put it on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll include it in our podcast. You can be anonymous if you want. That's okay. Um, We will will respect your privacy. But this week's email comes from Melly. And she says... 
I'm a 23-year-old woman of color living in New York. I have my master's degree, and I've been trying my best to find a job in the city. I got my degree in English, and when I was in school, I made sure to excel and do my best because A, my parents are West Indian immigrants, and B, I love learning and writing has been my passion. But lately, I feel really disheartened because I have not been able to find a job in my field. Everyone keeps telling me I should be proud of what I've accomplished, and I am, but I want to have a career and not struggle like my parents did. I was just wondering how you both kept positive when you were trying to make it and survive in the city. Wow. Well, you have another thing coming because yeah. we have not always been positive. Yeah, no, you hear some positivity, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm a crybaby. I've said that on the show before, but I really am. You really are. But that's okay. I mean, everyone has their ups and downs. And in New York City, it's a very, very big space with a lot of competition. And the top is so far from the yeah. bottom here. Yeah. It's not like other places where there's less of a gap between... Uh, success and sort of mediocrity. Yeah, but so, I think that that's important to note that everybody struggles, no matter where you are. And I think that sometimes it's hard to remember that because you're so focused on trying to get ahead yourself that you think, oh my God, everyone is doing so great except for me. And honestly, especially because of social media, I feel like when you go on Facebook or Twitter, it looks like everybody's having the oh, time yeah, of their only, life. People only put the good stuff on there. and They right. rarely go and say, I cried all day today. Yeah, exactly. Like people don't talk about their struggles and so it's easy to think that everyone else is doing really well when you're not but personally I think for me what has been really helpful is finding creative outlets outside of my chosen career or you know if your career is not really working out finding other outlets is really important so that you have a place where you can be creative and for me that's what the internet has been and that's what this podcast has been mm -hmm. so definitely finding some other outlet um but also if you're really struggling to find a job you know here's the thing about new york city and honestly any place you go people have you know when you meet someone you say what do you do and then you say but what do you really do people have jobs that have nothing to do with their chosen career path with their passions and that's totally okay i worked in retail for a while before my career started to take off i did a, a bunch of graphic design jobs that were in my field but before i got those jobs you know, I was folding clothes. Yeah, and it was never really your, you had a moment where you thought you would do graphic design, but really right. your passion was never being the traditional graphic designer where you no. work with a graphic design firm, you get projects, usually advertisements, and you piece them together. And that, was, that was never what you really wanted. Right, and that was a backup for me. Like, I wanted to be in entertainment, and graphic design was really like, a, well, here's how I can try and pay the bills. And then, when I got to New York, I couldn't find work as a graphic designer. And so, uh, you know, I, <laughs> Because it's New York, and everyone's a graphic designer. Right, so I mean, I think that that's just kind of a reminder to you that while you want to be a writer, and that's your passion... There's nothing that can that will stop you from doing that. You just might not do it right now, and that's okay. Like, you're 22, 23 years old. That's what I was going to comment on. There's two things here. First, you're 23 and you have a master's degree. Oh, girl! That means... You are winning. That means you're winning. You are you are far ahead of the curve. Uh, you're, you're definitely ahead of the curve that I've been on. So, uh, right. you know, kudos to you on that. You're clearly very ambitious and very intelligent. So... Don't sell yourself short just because you haven't made it all the way to the top in your early 20s. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that that's actually the way it's supposed to happen. Also, you know, and, and France, the, probably the best example of this in the room, 
because I'm the only other person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but Fran is really a good example of this, and, and she reminds me of this sometimes and encourages me in this respect, and that's that you really can make your own path. And, right. and you were kind of saying that a moment ago, but you specifically, you didn't, you didn't jump into a well-worn career path. No, I didn't know that this was going to be my career. You made yourself a position, and especially in today's world, we're seeing a lot of journalists who are doing that for themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, Sean White is a good example. Yeah. Right? He had— he. Sean King. Sean, I'm sorry. Sean King is a good example. I, I mixed Elon White and Sean yeah. King. But Elon's a great example, too. Elon's a good example, too. What they did was they found their passions, their writers and entertainers, um, and they went full steam. And they created, there were enough people out there who wanted to hear what they had to say, and they basically created a market for their brand of journalism. Right. Through and Twitter. Through Twitter, through social media, through things that are free. So don't feel constrained to get a job that's going to place you in the position that you want to be in. And again, just because you know, you you don't have a job in your field right now, there's nothing that's stopping you from starting a blog or starting to pitch to other publications. You can absolutely submit to blogs and news publications and say, hey, here's an idea that I have. Can I write something about X, Y, and Z while you also have a day job doing something that maybe has nothing to do with writing? There's nothing wrong with that. And again, you're only 23 years old. You have plenty of time to build a career and find out what it is you want to do. And also, the career that you might end up in might not even exist right now. Like That's what is so exciting about this time like when I graduated from college YouTube was only one year old you know what I mean like I didn't know that you could make money I didn't know that I would do speaking gigs I didn't know all of these opportunities that would come into my life and I think the same is could be true for you Melly. like you might think well this is what I want to do I want to do a b and c and then tomorrow there could be some new technological advancement that has a new career that you didn't even know existed you know so I think that you have to kind of keep an open mind, which is easier said than done. But there's so many things out there that you can do, and there's nothing wrong with doing something that you're not really that interested right in right now just so you can pay the bills and put in the time to kind of get into the career that you really want. So we are rooting for you, Melly. You can do it. One last thing before we wrap up here. Oh, okay. Uh our TripAdvisor contest <laughs> is has taken a, has taken a little bit of a, a turn. Well, wait, first of all, let's just say thank you to everyone that has voted because y'all showed out. You really sent in those clicks. People were sharing our our posts on Facebook and leaving us nice comments. It's just been really wonderful. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who voted for us in the TripAdvisor contest. It's still going on. We still need your votes. We were in the lead, and we assumed we were in a solid lead until I opened it one day and somebody else was in the lead. Yeah, we, we moved down to second place for a day. Right, but that means that somebody is right on our heels. And while they seem like nice people, I hate them. <laughs> And because... We deserve it more than they do. <laughs> so please, if you haven't already, um, it's through Facebook, TripAdvisor, Trip of a Lifetime Contest. Yeah, just go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash C-H-E-S-C-A-L-E-I-G-H. And it is right at the top of my Facebook page, the link to our TripAdvisor contest. You can only vote one time. Um, so, you know, if you've already voted, thank you. Please feel free to share it. If you haven't voted, please vote for us. We would really appreciate it. Um, 
Is there anything else that we need to say about the contest? I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you again, actually. Thank you four or five more times uh, for all of you who voted. It, it really is nice, and we really do hope to win. I think we can do it. Yeah, I really I feel very confident that we can win. Um, I hope that you aren't too disappointed that I don't have a slanguage B. Now I wish that I had come up with Prostabot because <laughs> I think Prostabot that, would be a good slanguage. I think that would be really good. Word. Well, you know what? Maybe we can do as more audience participation. Please try and use Prostabot in a sentence or tweet us with Prostabot using the hashtag last name basis or just tweet us individually at Cheska Lee. Tie optional. And let us know what you thought about this episode and what your dream Prostabot would say to you. <laughs> 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 um, can you do a Prostabot impression? I kind of want to see what yours would sound like. Hello. Black Lives Matter, today I have a message for you. That was good. That was good. Come on, you guys! You guys are too hard on me. <laughs> you guys are you guys are rough. That was excellent.